and praise God. Well, we're talking about the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, today is Resurrection Sunday, and Jesus rose out of that tomb. And, you know, but people put a lot of emphasis on what happened on Calvary, and it, it was harsh. But I want to talk about the benefits of Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. What happened? Why did that exist? And, and what happened as a result? He was, he was bruised for our iniquities. And, you know, the ch- a chastisement of our peace was upon him. And so he was, in other words, he went through what he went through so that we can have peace, so that we could walk in love so that we could not have worries, anxieties, problems, because that was nailed to the tree when he went there. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus died on that cross for our sins. And that day at Calvary was one of the darkest hours of his life. But he rose and he came back. Amen. He rose again. Amen. Hallelujah. He left his power and he walked this life as mere man. You know, but he, you know, that was to take our place and what happened. But he rose and he, you know, it was so significant because um, when he died, he took everything down with him. And when he came back, you know, it's so many things that we don't have to experience because of what he did in that fatal hour. Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm so happy that he bore our sickness our fears, pain. He took them. He took all of our sin when he, you know, went on that cross. So I think we need to um, concentrate on the results of what he did on Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. It's about experiencing his love through the cross and partaking of his sufferings. Amen. So that Christ may dwell in us forever. It's what he did on the cross. Take that with us through life. Amen. And and not forget about what happened because that's when you fellowship with his sufferings. You identify with him and what happened. Amen. And you carry that through life knowing that God, Jesus died for you and that you can have all of the benefits of Calvary. Amen. There is benefits and uh, as uh, your inheritance. And there is benefits that and peace is one of them. Amen. Joy. Love. Uh, prosperity, healing, all of these things are benefits uh, from what happened on Calvary. And so we need to be so thankful and not look at it as such a, um, a, a you know, a thing. It didn't go for in nothing. That's what I'm trying to say. There's benefits from what Jesus went through. Jesus is called the Good Shepherd. There's, he has so many names, Emmanuel, God that is with us. Each name means so many things, and, and I think um, we need to see him in all of these different uh, vernaculars. Everything that he was called, it, it has a meaning, and we need to partake of that and take advantage of it, because that's why he went through what he did. Amen. Jesus is the word, the good shepherd. Amen. He is the way, the truth, life. He's our hope, our guide, Amen. the morning star. He's our wonderful counselor, our joy, our shield, our hope, our security, and he is the way. He's our shield and banner. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
He's the day spring, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the Messiah, and the bread of life, and so many others that I didn't mention. Amen. And so you figure out, you choose what, what, what's going to work for you. Whatever you need, you call on, on that. He's your healer. Amen. How He's your rewarder. Amen. He's your great reward. You know, when you mess up, you repent. You know, it doesn't take much to repent. Forgiveness is a part of, of the, I'm going to call it a benefits package. Amen. I like that. What he did at Calvary gives us benefits. And so, you, um, you know, you can't forgive without the power of God. You can't love without the power of God. Amen. You can't succeed without the power of God. You know, God has, has you know, God has a plan and he's got this world all planned out. He has the Christian's life. The minute you become born again, your life is planned out. There's a plan and a purpose for everything that happens in life. And so we have to not forget that. And when you have troubles in life, when you become uh, discouraged or depressed or whatever it is, know that Jesus nailed all of that on that cross so you wouldn't have to experience so much depression and, and heartache. Because he takes, he says, he takes your yoke upon him. Amen. And because he, all oh, he covers us in whatever, you know, whatever we need. He's already been through that. He's been through the depression. He's been through the sorrow. Amen. And so we have a benefit of what he did. The benefit is that we don't have to suffer through that anymore. Amen. Now, I know these times come, but when they do, you can cast your cares upon the Lord. And this is what the Bible, see, the Bible's already told us how to function and navigate through this life successfully. So when you're discouraged, when you're depressed, when you're down and out, whatever it is, you can call on him. The Bible says to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And so you apply it, you, you apply it to his life. According to what happened at Calvary, and you say, Jesus, I know you've already died and paid the price for depression, so I don't have to suffer with it. Amen? And so you have to take his, <clears throat> he's already taken um, our yoke upon himself so that we can go free from all of these things. It may hit you, but it won't hit you long. Amen? And you can always bounce back from whatever discouragement, whatever Satan throws your way because Jesus is there. He's always already made a way for us to come back in full power. Amen? <clears throat> when he died on the cross, he died for certain us to have certain... Um, um, how can I say it? His authority, he's given us certain things like his authority, his power, his, um, we, we received, how can I say this? When he died, he gave us the power to get wealth. He's given us the power to bind and loose. We can fight the devil with, with the things that he has given us. Amen. I'm trying to say, you know, it was, it was not for nothing. He went through this all because of us. He did it for us. And if it, you know, this is what he told me one time when I was going through. He said, if you had been the only one on this earth, I still would have went to that cross for you. Amen. So, in other words, he loves each and every one of us individually. Amen. <laughs> he loves us. Whatever you're going through, God knows what you're going through. And he wants to help you. He wants more than anything <clears throat> to relieve us. <clears throat> that was a liar. <clears throat> he wants to relieve us 
of every yoke of bondage that the devil would try to lay on us. He wants to relieve us of that. And this is why Calvary happened, so that we can take whatever it is that was in that cup of, from Jesus' um, uh, time on, on that cross. We can partake of that and receive it spiritually. And we, you know, he makes things better. <clears throat> he gives us a way out, a way of escape. Anything, any kind of trial that the devil sets for us, he gives us a way out. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And so, let's turn to Romans 5. He is the Prince of Peace. And we must accept Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, accept him as our Lord and Savior. In other words, when you accept him as Lord and Savior, when you are saved, then you can partake of anything that happened on that cross. It is yours. He died for you, and he died for me. If you have pain, fear, you know, um, whatever it is that you have, you can lay it back on him, and he'll receive it and take it off of you because he loves you so much. Amen? But... He is our Lord and our Savior. If you confess him, then he, he'll give you anything and any kind of help that you need. Let's see, Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what Jesus did at Calvary gave you peace with God. It gave you a connection to God, amen, so that you can uh, receive God as your father. And you, you, you're his child. We talked yesterday about being the sons of God. Amen. And so whatever happened on Calvary, you know, it, Jesus made it possible for us to connect with his father. Amen. And so that uh, you, can, you can feel comfortable knowing that you have a parent. Even if your natural parents reject you, God will never reject you. And so he's made all of this possible through the blood of Jesus, his son. Verse 2 says, uh, through whom also we have access by faith into his grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so everything that we receive from Jesus, you have to receive it by faith. You know it in your head. You know that he died so you wouldn't be sick. You know, he died so you could have peace. And by his stripes, you are healed. We know that. But we have to believe it and receive it by faith. Amen. Everything that you do is by faith. Everything that you receive from God is by faith. And so all you really have to do, faith, is just having confidence in God. And so you have to have more confidence in your depression, I mean, in, in Jesus than your depression. Amen. You have to have more confidence in Jesus than your illness. Is that making sense? Hallelujah. And so we have to have more confidence in what Jesus did for us and what God is, who he is to us, than what you're going through. But you have to believe it and receive it by faith. And then there's grace. God, let me read it again. It says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Amen. And so you have to understand that God gives his grace. His grace is there to help you to believe God, to receive what, what Jesus did at Calvary. See, God, and then he has this precious Holy Spirit. You know, that, that uh, at that time when after salvation there's a second step is to receive the Holy Spirit. 
on the inside of you, you know, and a lot of people don't believe. Well, we don't believe that. Well, then you don't believe the full Bible, the whole gospel. Because the Holy Spirit is part of the gospel. Amen. And you receive the, the Holy Spirit. And, and so the Holy Spirit will start to lead you, guide you, help you. You know, God's got it set up so you can do nothing but uh, succeed in life and not fail. Amen. And so we need to start to trust in what God has already done. Trust in what Jesus did. It's not just Easter. Amen. Amen. But Christ died for a specific reason. It's to reconcile us back to his Father God. Amen. Many people have accepted Christ in, as their Savior, but haven't accepted him as their peace giver or their problem solver. You know, Jesus has a lot of um, a lot of he wears a lot of coats, and so does the Holy Spirit and God. But this whole thing is is set up for us to have a good life, Amen. And when life is not good, you need to start to trust in the one that is the good giver. <laughs> start to trust more in God's trust. Start to trust in His plan. Sometimes when things overtake you, you know, and you feel like a wrong has been done to you, you have that's when you turn to God. Amen. You know, the Bible says that God will cause even your enemies to be at peace with you. You don't fight back in the natural. Amen. You won't win. God won't let you win. Amen. Because the life is just not that way. But we need to start to trust in God, trust who he is, trust his son Jesus, what he did on the cross for us, and take advantage of this um, benefits package because it is a benefits package it's for all for us so that we won't fall away amen he's the problem solver we have more confidence in luxuries today in microwaves in the internet we have so much confidence in these uh, conveniences amen than never before but then we say we don't have time for god you know, everything is quick in a hurry. You can get in a line and get your dinner. You know, I've seen uh, on Facebook where they have this company where it has your, your food prepacked for the whole week or for the whole month. You don't even have to cook. And so you have to, you have to say to yourself, well, what are we doing with our time? Are y'all here today? See, you know, it's real quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> And so you have to wonder, there's so many modern conveniences, but we still say we don't have time to read our word. We don't have time to pray. Amen. We don't have time to do these things. But we do have time. Amen. Hallelujah. You would think that we'd have more time. More time and more peace. But we don't. We have less time and less peace. Amen. Less time. And this is when we need to really call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's just the opposite. Instead, we have more time for foolishness, amen, more time to party and to do other things, and less time for God. But we need to spend this time, you know, with God, because as sure as you're living, something's going to come up where you're going to need him, amen. And so don't be ashamed to call on his name, because, you know, this is why he went to the cross. This is what Easter Sunday is all about. He died, and then he rose and came back to live in us. Amen. That's why he's alive. He's alive. If you're born again, he's alive in you. Amen. Hallelujah. And there's nothing you can't do. You know, all things pertaining to life and godliness, he's given us. 
He's given us the necks of our enemies. He's given us all these things that we don't sometimes take advantage of because we get stuck in a rut with everyday life. Most of the time we get stuck with all of these uh, gadgets. And how are we going to do this? And the new modern technology. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm, I thank God for technology. But it's not supposed to take, uh, take the place of your time with the Lord. Amen. And so we need to look at the purpose of technology is to do things quicker, better, and faster so that it give us more leisure time to spend with the Lord. Amen. You know, to pray for your children, to pray for your neighbors when there's a problem. You know, that's what it's for, but, you know, it seems to push us further and further away from God. You know, everything that's good, the devil wants to take advantage of, and he puts pornography on the internet. You know, the TV, you know, you can just do this, and you can, you know, um, Netflix, you got everything with a flick of a button, and then there's pornography on there. And so now's the time, even in this fast-paced automation, that we need to get closer and closer to Jesus. Amen. We need just a little more Jesus. <laughs> I like that song. Let's go to John 14. Hallelujah. John 14. <clears throat> Praise God. And we're talking about the peace, the Prince of Peace, which is Jesus. Amen. If you have brokenness, if you're, you have discouragement, if you've been uh, discouraged or anything like that, all you have to do is call on the name of the Prince, the Prince of Peace or the Peace Giver. Jesus is the, pre, the Peace Giver. Hallelujah. And in John 14, verse 27... It says, peace I leave with you, and this is Jesus talking, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. See, the world can't give you peace. The world gives you problems. Amen? Well, I didn't get an amen on that one. <clears throat> but it's true. The world brings in with it so much trouble. And this is why the Bible tells us not to be conformed to the world. Amen? Don't be a part of the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when your mind is renewed, and this is what peace helps to renew your mind. Your mind cannot be renewed if, unless you have peace. Amen. This is how you do it. So my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Are y'all here? Neither let it be afraid. So fear is one thing that causes uh, unrest. You don't have peace when you have fear. When you have troubles, you don't have peace, but you can. Amen? You can if, you tr if you're trusting in the peace giver. Hallelujah. It only takes a few minutes to ask the Lord to just take away this burden. Lord, I'm, I'm just frazzled. You know, I need you to come in and just help me. To be peaceful in this situation. You can call peace to a situation because he's given us the, the authority to make demands on what goes on, on in your life. You have authority and power 
Amen. To speak a thing and it is so. But you have to believe this stuff, amen, because it's already done. We just need to take advantage of what Jesus has already given us, what he's already done. So what is peace? Peace means quiet. Sometimes you don't get that, do you? It means tranquility. It means calm. Calm is good. Freedom from disturbance. Restfulness, peacefulness, harmony, and order. Peace is also freedom from dis- dis- disquietness or freedom from o- oppressive thoughts and emotions. Amen. And the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Amen. And it's often translated as, as peace. And it carries the idea of wholeness. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritual wholeness. Amen. One main reason we don't have peace is that we're trying to work things out ourselves. That never leaves you with peace. It's always going to leave you coming back, asking questions, coming back. You ever had a situation gone where you just didn't know what to do and you can't get peace? It's because you're trying to solve it. Amen. And so we need to stop solving our own problems or trying because it won't work. Amen. We need the peace giver to instruct us. You know, it's just like this. It's like you're carrying groceries and you finally get in the kitchen and you throw them on the counter. And then you, you know, you're like, "Ah." well, that's where it is. You throw your, your, all your stuff on Jesus. Amen. You place it on him. Amen. The Bible says you know, to uh, just put your peace, cast it on him. Amen. And that's what you do. You throw it on him. You release it. You, you, put, you let go of it like you put the groceries down on your table. You let go of these binds, you know, these chains that bind you. Whatever it is that's not going right in your life, you let it go and you release it to God. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and the Bible says that he will take over. He, you know, that he'll take that pain. He'll take all of this stuff that's not working, that you can't work out. And he works it out because he's a fixer. That he fixes everything that is not right. Amen. Hallelujah. Cast your cares upon me because I care for you. He does it because he loves us. Amen. The love of God, you know, is something that can't be mimicked. You know, he loves us so much that he wants to take us out of his, our stresses. But you, they, we have a part. God's not just going to take it. <clears throat> you have to offer it up to him. Amen. It's a two-parter. You do your part, and he does his part. Amen. So you release it or place it upon him, and he takes that guilt or that shame or that pain or hurt, you know, and he takes it and he replaces it with something good, with peace, love, joy. Amen. Everything bad, everything that the devil can do to you, God can take it away and fix it. Amen. Look, you're never, you have never gone too far that things can't get fixed. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil will try to make you think you, you, it's just too late. It's never too late. Amen. Never too late. <laughs> too late with Christ. Don't you know that God knew you was going to be in, in dire straits one day? And he made provision for that. 
God has made provisions for these times. Amen. You know, nothing catches God by surprise. He knows these things. He knew it before you knew it. So he's already made provisions for you to be healed, for you to be set free, for you to, to have joy in it more abundantly. Everything pertaining to life and godliness, he's already done it for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, why is it taking so long? Because he's trying to wait until you realize that you he's already done it. Amen. <laughs> So, you know, he said, partake of my, partake of these things. You know, you, there's a, something that we have to do, and we have to allow God to take these things off of us. Amen. Just offer it up to him. Release it to him. Put it down. And when you put it down, he picks it up. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so we don't have peace because we're trying to work this thing, because we're trying to get some kind of justice. But God is the, he's the <laughs> He's the, he's the only one that can give you justice. Amen? He's a just God. You know, and sometimes we think we'll never get it. Well, he's a just God. In other words, he will never take sides and he will never let something go unpunished. He, you know what I'm saying? He's, his son went to Calvary for your mess up. Amen. It's already been taken care of. And so we're trying to be our own problem sovereign. When we stop and pick up Christ, then he takes over. Amen. So the Bible says to commit your ways unto the Lord. That means give him everything that, that is bothering you, everything that needs fixing, everything that needs help. Commit it to the Lord and trust him is the other thing. You need to trust him. To help us in every situation. Amen. Are you trusting God in this situation or are you trying to take it up on you? Amen. You have to make that choice. Let's go to Psalm 37. You have to make a choice. You can't have it both ways. If you want God's help, let God help you. If you're trying to do this yourself, then do it yourself. God is not going to pressure you to allow him to do anything. Because he already has a plan and a purpose for you being here. Amen. And nobody, God didn't make a mistake on any of us. He knows what he's doing. I'm so thankful he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. He knew who I was. In other words, he was waiting on me to come. Amen. <laughs> and you too. <laughs> he knew you were coming. In fact, he decreed. A thing. He de decreed your life to come forth when it did. And we're here on time. It's not too late. It's now, we're not late. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there's a season and a time for everything. And so we need to respect God in that and know that he is working for you. You know, uh, God gives us peace. Uh, we use uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 so much. And it dawned on me a minute ago that he says his thoughts are peaceful towards us. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, God, and see, when you know that God's thoughts towards you are peaceful, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to bring you a future and a hope and expect an end. And so even God's thoughts towards all of us, even when we mess up, are peaceful. Amen? Because he's the, the peace giver. Amen? How can God think 
evil mean thoughts about us even when we mess up. And he's the peace giver. And he is love. It can't happen. Amen. And so we need to trust God that he is thinking good thoughts about us all the time. Even when we mess up, all we need to do is repent, take responsibility for what you do. And when you do that and you offer that up to God, you've done all you need to do. Amen. Hallelujah. So Psalm 37, 5, you know now that God's thoughts towards you are peaceful. You know, even though you all in an uproar, his thoughts are not pe- his thoughts ain't in an uproar. His thoughts are peaceful toward us all the time. Amen. Let's see. We're in 37 verse 5. It says, commit your ways to the Lord and trust also in him. And I think that's the punchline. We don't trust him and we don't commit our ways to him. We give it to God. We take it back. We give it to God. We feel good for a little while. And then we take it back. But when you commit to something, there's no turning back. There's no changing. When you commit to something, when you commit your problems, your faults, your indiscretions, everything, when you commit that to God, you don't go back. Amen? You stay faithful to God. And when you do that, he takes the shame away. He takes that, you know, whatever it is, he takes it away. Amen. And you have to trust him. And that's why it says, commit your ways to the Lord and trust also in him. And when you trust that he is taking that away, you know, and little bit by little bit, you feel better about whatever it is that you screwed up. Amen. Hallelujah. Because that's for the next time you screw up. Amen. But hopefully we don't, we don't, we learn from what we do. But you got to trust him to Take that reproach away from you, amen, so that you'll feel better, so that you you know that you know that you know that God is with you and he is not holding anything against you because God is not holding anything against you, amen, hallelujah. He He gives you justice. Even if you mess up, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of your life, amen. God is steady adding on to your life. He's adding good things, taking away all the harsh things. But we have to commit it to God. We have to give it to him, amen. Amen. So we're to rest in the Lord. When you give him something or when you um, apply or, or just release your burdens on the Lord, you have to rest in what you've done. You have to know that you've done it, you've committed your ways to him. Now trust him or rest in what you've done. Know, in other words, know that God is taking care of the rest, amen? And he can be trusted. The Lord wants us to lean on and rely on him and be confident in him. So when you are uh, casting your cares, everything that worries you upon him, you also got to trust that he's doing what he's supposed to do with what you've given him. Amen. And don't pick it up the next day or the next week. Take it back and start worrying again or getting mad again. You can't do that. But you know what? When, when you do it, because you're going to do it, give it to him again. <laughs> give it to keep doing it. Keep releasing it to him. And repent and say, God, I'm sorry I picked it up again. And I didn't mean to, but here I am again. Amen. You know, some people have uh, uh, problems with trust, you know, just in everyday life. 
you know, trust or whatever it is, you know, paranoia and all these things. you got to commit that stuff to the Lord, you know, and stop being like that because that's not God's way. You know, when you were born again, you have certain benefits in that package when Jesus died for you. And part of that is to live free from worry and free from paranoia, free from anger, all of this stuff. This is what destroys the soul. Amen. And so you have to trust him and rest in him that he's going to take that that you have placed on him and do what he's supposed to do with it so it don't bug you no more. Amen. You're going to have to trust God and or rest in him and start to live out of him and live for him and rely on him that everything you need he's going to supply. Every thought is going to be controlled by the Lord. But, it's, but you know, we have to govern. It's not that he, he said, well, give me your bad thoughts. And then you expect him to do something with them. But you have to renew your mind. In other words, when you cast your cares upon the Lord, then it's your responsibility to govern your own life and your body. And a part of that is to re- start to read the word. Start to pray, you know, so, because you've given God all of these responsibilities. You're taking them off of you. So you owe him something, and what you have to do is start to read his word, amen, listen to the CDs, whatever it is. You know, um, you have to do these things. Talk to him. Receive him as a friend. And start to, to make use of, of what happened on Calvary. It's not just about... Easter. Amen. But it's about what he did for you and me, not back then on Calvary. This is every, He's living every day. That's why Jesus is alive. He's dealing with our lives every single day. Amen. Hallelujah. He's with us, dealing with our enemies, dealing. He's fighting sickness, guarding us, you know, and then you, you need to get familiar with the Lord. Make a friend to him. And start to go into the secret place where you can talk to him. And we need to feel like God is a friend and not somebody that's just sitting up in judgment. It's just not true. We judge. (laughs) We judge. He don't. And that's not coming from God. Amen. God loves us so much that he wants us to go free from any of this stuff that binds us. We don't, you know, God doesn't do that to us. And so we need to start to live for him and rely on him and have confidence in him that he's going to help us throughout life. And he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He's already told us this, but we're going to have to start believing it to have a good life. Amen. The Bible says to delight yourself in the Lord. Amen. And he'll give you the desires of your heart. But you've got to have a relationship, some kind of connection to him. Amen. Now, we are connected through Jesus Christ. But you have to start uh, beginning to talk to him and feel comfortable that you have a father in heaven that wants to give you good gifts. Amen. He's not harsh, hard, stiff. He's none of those things. But as you get to know him, then you'll know that he's a forgiving God. Sometimes it even will make you mad that he forgives some people you think don't deserve it. But ain't it good that we don't run? We ain't God. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus died for everybody. He died to set everybody free. Amen. He needs to start to live inside of us. 
Amen. We need to start requiring of him. This is how you get a relationship started. Amen. And start to guard your heart. See, when you start reading the word and getting strong, that's the only way this works. It just doesn't work for people who don't want God. Just want him to do something. You do what I want you to do. It doesn't work like that. Amen. But you have to start to get your heart right before him. Allow him to do the work. Because we all need it. Amen. And so you have to start allowing him to do an inward work. Amen. Start to soften your heart towards certain things, towards certain people. And, and allow him to help you to become, see, all we're all, what this is, is we're all trying to become more like him because we're made in his image. And so all of these things that we do, you know, trusting him, relying on him, having confidence in him, is going to change us to be more and more like him. Amen. And that's all he wants. Amen. Changing your mind and start to control your thoughts. You can't control your thoughts if your, your thoughts are all haywire. But when you get the word and you start getting your mind transformed, if you start meditating on the word, your mind will start being transformed, and then your thoughts will be more controlled to what heaven is saying and what heaven is doing. Amen. You won't be so concerned what the neighbor's doing. Amen. And see, you start kicking those thoughts out because the devil will try to bring those things back to try to put you some gossip in your ear and try to bring the wrong people around you to, to remind you of where you're coming from. And those people you need to shut up and make them shut up and leave you alone. Amen. Because you, you can't listen to both voices. You can't listen to, in fact, when you're hearing the wrong thing, the Holy Spirit's not going to talk anyway. You know, but you have to make a decision what you want out of life. You either want everything that God has for you or you want the world and, and the, the, the stuff that's not good for you. Because that stuff, that talk and that all of that, whatever it is, that junk will keep you in the place where you are and you won't grow. Amen. But you want the things of God. You want uh, a powerful ally which is the Holy Spirit, to help you, amen, in everyday life. But you can get it right. You can have a wonderful life because God's plan for you is good. His thoughts towards you are good. They're not evil plans. God is not mad at you, amen. Now, he wants you to do right, but he is not mad at you, amen. But we need to repent. When you mess up, just repent. Just say, God, I'm sorry. I know I was wrong. Take responsibility when you're wrong. And anything that you need from God, he'll give it to you. I'm telling you, you can have whatsoever you say. You can write your own ticket in life, but you have to know that you can have it. That's the thing. If you don't think you can have it, you won't get it. Amen. You know, and we've been told recently to prophesy to the wind that the, the favor, favor is in the wind and you can speak a thing. Now's a good time to be serving God. Amen. Amen. Whatever's wrong, you can prophesy to it. Make it stop. Tell the devil to shut up. Leave my kid alone. Stop harassing my son. You can speak peace to your situation. Speak peace to your, your family members. You can speak abundance to your bank account now's a good time to be serving god now's not the time to be backing off from god amen hallelujah 
because God has already answered everything that you, your questions in life. They're already answered. Amen. But you can't find those answers being in a place, on, being on the, the broad road. I'll say it like that. Well, moving right along. <laughs> he fights your enemies for you. Amen. God is with you. The Bible says it's a mighty, terrible one. In other words, people don't want to mess with you. Amen. <laughs> the answer is not found in antidepressants to control your thoughts. You know, well, I, I think I need some Prozac or whatever it is. You don't need that. Because, see, people take that to control their thoughts instead of getting a renewed mind. Renew your mind in the Word of God. The Word of God can control your thoughts if you let it. Amen? You don't need appeal to do the Holy Spirit's work if you allow Him to do that. Really, you're to govern your own body. So if you know what you need, you know you got crazy thoughts, get in that Bible. Amen. <laughs> and let it get straightened out. Hallelujah. Amen. Paranoia. People who are paranoid need to get in the Word. Because everybody ain't talking about you. Amen. That, that really bugs me. You can't have a decent relationship with people where they think you said something. You, you know, you, you can't outthink people. It's like you can't box people in, first accuse them, and then think they said this, so I'm going to do this because I know they said that. That's crazy. Can't do that. You need to trust God. If they're talking about you, it's like this one lady said, the word on the street is, I am the word on the street. <laughs> you know, you, you, you got to just roll with it. And don't be concerned about what people are saying about you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Don't nobody have time for that. And people will accuse you when you've done nothing. And so you have to just leave them alone. Amen. But the answer is found in the Word of God. God's Word is your answer. It stabilizes things. Amen. And that's for me. It makes things normal, not neutral. Normal. Amen. And it makes you think normal. That Word of God gets in there, and it makes you think normal. It stops the fear. You don't need the antidepressants. Amen. Depression has to leave. All you got to do is start speaking against it, start talking to it, tell it to go in Jesus' name. Because Jesus went on the cross. He nailed depression to the tree. And so when it comes or when it tries to invade your life, because it's a trespasser, anything that the devil does is trespassing. He is don't supposed to be there. It's a foreign something. And you command it to go in Jesus' name. Because he's given you authority to speak, to bind and loose, to speak a thing, to decree a thing. And it is so. It has to, it has to listen to you. So whatever is not right, talk to it, command it to go. And see, if you, if you have the right stuff on the inside, in other words, if your mind's been renewed, and you've allowed God's peace to come in and everything else. You don't have to be perfect, but you got to know a little something about you 
Amen. Then you speak to it, and it has to obey you. And it, it, yeah, it may come back. But when it comes back, you keep speaking to it. <clears throat> because, see, the devil tries to wear you out. And see, this is why most people think, well, I did that. It didn't work. Well, how many times you do it? Once? You know what I'm saying? Twice? And so you have to continue to stay on the devil until he leaves. When he sees that you're going to keep speaking and fighting him, he's going to mess with some other weak Christian. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But he'll go mess with somebody else. But God will give you his peace if you commit your ways unto him and trust him. Amen. Amen. Let's go to uh, Isaiah 26. And it's one of my, my favorite scriptures. I give this to a lot of people that always tell me, I just can't sleep at night. And it works. Well, the word works all the time. Amen. Oh, Isaiah. That's the wrong one. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. <clears throat> And it says, you, you will keep him in perfect peace. This is God to you. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Amen. He trusts in you. Do we have that in the Amplified right quick if we can? Somebody got it. Who was I? <laughs> Come on up here. <laughs> Where at? Okay. You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is that character, is stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you, leans, leans on you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Amen. So you got to lean on God. You got to hope confidently in him. Amen. And you got to let the root of your thoughts be given unto God. No, don't try to cover it up. Thank you. Don't try to cover it up and, oh, I, I'm just nervous right now. But you got to let God get to the root of that thing. Amen? And you have to learn to trust him in every way. But he'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed. Amen? We can, we can preach about that all day. Don't allow wrong thoughts to come into your mind. Or you write back complaining, write back talking crazy. Right back, listening to the wrong stuff, but your mind has to be stayed. Amen? On him. He will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. Now, how do you keep your mind stayed on him? You cast down all vain imaginations. You got to do a little work on yourself. Amen? Think on the right things. Think on things that are good, lovely, pure. A good report, thoughts that are thankworthy, praiseworthy, you know, heavenly thought. Think on the promises of God. Think on the things that you've asked him that you're looking forward for him to do. And stop thinking he ain't going to do them. Amen. 
Well, how do I know he's going to do them? Because his thoughts towards you are good. His thoughts towards you are good all the time. He has thoughts of peace toward you and not of evil to bring you an expected end. So he aims to bring you what you prayed for. But you have to first trust in him, rely on him, cast your cares upon him, trust in him. Amen. Just give it to him and leave it alone. Amen. I'm getting worn out. Stop, stop, stop picking it up again. But see, you know the reason why we don't give stuff to God and leave it there? Because we want to be mad. Because we, see, it's like this. We, and, and I had to walk through this and learn because I, I was that way. Thank God I'm not anymore. I thought I had to feel some kind of justice. You know what I'm saying? Like not, not as if in a, in a court of law. It wasn't that desperate. Almost. But I felt like God should give me some kind of restitution or some kind of sign that he was dealing with this other person that had hurt me. Y'all feel, feel And so because of that feeling that God's not doing anything or I don't see anything, I kept picking it up again and picking it up. See, you got to learn how to control your thoughts. You can't let your mind get crazy like that. That's crazy. And you can't, you have to trust when it says rely on, lean on, and trust in, and commit your ways to him, you've totally given it to him, and whatever happens, happens. But you know that because you've given it to God, the right thing will happen at the right time. And you can't keep looking for this, um, you know, you, you can't just want to see the ends before it's supposed to be an end. I mean, you can't demand God to do nothing for you to somebody else. You can't do it. He's not that kind of God. Amen. He's going to deal with that person, but he's going to deal with that person in their privacy. How about that? Just like we want him to deal with us in our privacy. Amen. Does that make sense? Amen. But you have to take all concerns and all worries and leave them. When you commit something to God, it's his. It's not no longer yours. And you have to, how do, how do you stay in that mindset? Think on better things. Think on the reason you gave it to God. Think on heavenly things. Think on the good thoughts. Things that are good, lovely, and pure. Things that are thankworthy praiseworthy, things that are worthy to be thought about. Some stuff just ain't worth thinking about. And say, man, and so you have to think on things that are worthy of being thought about. Amen. And then, you know, this it, things will stop bothering you so much. Little bit by little bit, you'll walk into the newness of life where old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. Amen. Amen. Casting the whole of your cares. Let's go to First Peter 5, 7. You have to cast the whole of your cares, not just some of them. Are y'all here today? You cast all of your cares. You can't hold on to special ones. <laughs> because, see, it's become your pet peeve. And that's the one that will get you in trouble. 
Amen. The one that Satan wants you to hold, the thing that Satan wants you to hold on to, that one thing, well, I give God this, 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 and this, but I'm holding on to this. That's the one that's going to take you down. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. See, if you receive the love of God in your heart, he covers you when you've been hurt. Amen. And then it, he makes it possible for you to cast your cares because he covers you and he provides daily needs for you. You know, when you're feeling, because you're going to get those feelings of hurt and, and all this stuff. It's going to happen. But when you cast your cares upon the Lord, he, he comforts you when those times, you know, when you go back to where the, the crime of the scene of the crime and he'll comfort you, and he'll do everything that you need to stay afloat and not go backwards. And y'all here. Amen. And so you have to, that's where the trust comes in. You have to trust him that he is going to help you in your recovery. Because that's really what it is. Amen. You're, you're everything but in the, in, the, in, the, in the big house. Amen. And so he's going to help you. In your recovery. Amen. So cast your cares upon him. Now, verse 8 says, well, let me talk about care. What the care means. It means um, to take away all unnecessary worry. And because, and the Father's love provides that for you. Amen. Hallelujah. It uh, also cares mean distractions and anxiety, burdens, worries. Those are cares. And God is saying that I will take those things away from you, but you have to commit them to me. Amen. God's love causes you to commit these things. This is why we're always trying to do things ourselves and get, get our justice ourselves because we don't know the love of God. If you know God loves you, and you feel his love surrounding you, then you know that he's going to make things right. Are y'all here today? Amen. He always makes things right. Verse 8 says to be sober, be vigilant. That word sober means to be spiritually alert and be prayerful. It says because that your adversary, the devil, and by the way, he's orchestrated this whole thing against you. Amen. He's the one that does it. And he tries to get you in a place where you don't want to forgive or you don't want you want things to stay just where you are because it feels good. You know how we like to sulk? And it feels good, you know. And so sometimes we want to stay there a little too long. And that's when the devil's going to get, he will, he'll come up from your blind side and hit you with something. Let me tell you what, unforgiveness, un, un there's some sickness attached to that. I'm telling you. Let me tell you where this is going. I'm telling you. It's, what it is, how he, it's how he rolls. And because, you know, because he don't have any compassion for anybody. Satan doesn't love anybody. He's not for you. Amen. He's not for you. God is for you. And so if you hang on to this thing, worry, there's always sickness attached to it. And so it's best if you can help yourself and you can stay with God and allow him to, uh, to heal you in every way. And he will. Why? Because he loves you. And God's love provides 
for everything that's wrong with you. His love provides for that. Amen. But the Bible says be spiritually alert in verse 8. Be vigilant because your adversary walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And then in verse 9 it says, so resist him steadfast. How? In the faith. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Hallelujah. Faith in what? Faith in God. That he's going to take over and, and handle your situation and you're going to come out right. Amen. And everything's going to be worked out to your satisfaction. Not the devil's satisfaction. The devil don't want you to get any relief. He don't want you to have any peace. That's why Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That's why he died on that cross for you to have peace in your situation. Amen. In whatever you're going through. He wants you to have peace. This is, this is his purpose. Amen. And his mission to see to it that you come out on top and finish strong. And don't fall into the devil's trap because that's all that's going on. He doesn't want you to recover. Amen. But stay, stay, resist the devil and stand steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your neighbor, your brother in the world. Amen. So in other words, the Bible is telling you this. Everybody goes through some stuff. You ain't the first person. Sometimes, you know, situations make you feel like you're the only one. You ain't the only one. And you ain't going to be the last one. Amen. But how you go through it. It's very important because how you go through, if you allow God to go take you through these bad times or this discouragement, worry, whatever it is, you'll come out as pure gold when you're trusting God. You'll come out on top and not on the bottom. Amen? And so you have to trust him and and. Change how you think. Amen. See, when it says be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, in verse 8, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he... You, to be sober is to be spiritually alert and spiritually minded. And if you're not, and you stay in this murk, murk and mire, then you're not headed in the right place. Amen. So you got to let go. You got to make a decision. And you can't be messing with Mr. In Between. One day you, one day I want deliverance, the next day I want revenge. Or next day I want, one day I want deliverance, the next day I don't know. Because you had a wrong conversation on the phone. Amen. You can't live like that's divided. And you have to, you have to make your decision and stick with what you choose. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have to trust God that he is going to do what he says he's going to do. So casting your whole cares, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, for once and for all, cast them on him because he cares for you. Amen. Satan specializes in worry, fear, anxiety, confusion, and doubt and unbelief. 
That's his specialty. And that's like having you in a ring and you're trying to get, get your opponent and he keep punching you back on the ropes, the rope dope Don't let you up. You come up for a breather and he punch you back down. I felt good for a, a minute and I thought God was with me and now, I'm, you know, he punch you again. So you got to learn how to fight with your spiritual weapons. It's not hard. Amen. But you can't fight with spiritual weapons thinking wrong. You have to change how you think. Amen. Confusion and doubt, anger, disbelief, that's the devil's territory. Amen. But the Bible tells us to think on things that are good, lovely, pure, and of good report. You know, whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Amen. I believe what God has said to me. I believe that God is with me. I believe that God is a just God. And he's going to make sure that my needs are met. He's going to make sure that I, my feelings don't be hurt. He's going to take care of all my shame. He's going to take care of everything that concerns me. Amen. Because that's the kind of God I serve. That's the kind of God I know. Amen. So you get out from under Satan's. Uh, bombardment, because that's what he does. He bombards your mind with all these things, if you allow it. You don't have to allow Satan to cause you to think a certain way, amen? Change how you think. Amen. Don't leave the door open. Don't even leave a crack open for Satan, because all he wants to do is like, okay, I had a good day. I didn't think about anything negative. And then you go a couple days, you don't, you don't guard your heart. When we say guard your heart, that means don't be having no weird conversations on the phone. Don't rehash it. Y'all hearing me? Amen. Because that's leaving a crack open in the door. And when Satan finds that crack, he comes right in with a little something vague. Just a little, just somebody to say something real cute and fancy. And then when he gets in that door, he wants, he slaughters you. Amen. And he'll come up with something real. Somebody will say, oh, well, you know, whatever. I saw your man. Oh, you know how people do. And so you can't leave yourself wide open for that stuff. Whatever it is. I don't know. He'll come in and he'll, he'll speak through anything. Because he knows, see, Satan knows who has uh, ears open for junk. And you'll find it. And so you have to just take yourself off the map. Take yourself off of his take yourself off of his radar. Amen. Because what you want to do is you want not only to survive, but you want to show the devil that you are victorious in everything that you do. Every you know, everything. Every area of your life you want to succeed. And you can't do it playing with the devil. You got to make up your mind what you want to do. Make up your mind what you want. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's go to Ephesians 4. I'm almost done. The devil wants to hear any little thing, and he'll run with it. Because that's what he does. He's a troublemaker. And he wants your head. He'll settle for a fingernail for now. Philippians 4, verse, that's why you give no place. The Bible tells you to give no place to the enemy. Not even a conversation, not even a thought. When you meditate on the word of God, your thoughts will change. You think wrong, talk wrong, which is, it'll happen, happens to all of us, but you shut that down. Amen. 
and you tell the Lord, I'm sorry, I went there, but I'm not going to do it again. And you keep moving, amen? Philippians 4, what is it, 7? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Philippians. Sorry, y'all. Ephesians. I thought that's what I said, 4. All you got to do is just push that button. <laughs> Amen. I'm sorry about that. And we're talking about the peace of God. But I'm going to go in verse 6 of Ephesians 4. I'm sorry, I, uh, Philippians 4. And it says in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Amen? So in other words, don't go to God all, oh, I gotta have, because you ain't got to have nothing. All you got to do is keep breathing. You understand what I'm saying? For now. And don't keep letting this some things bother you. Get a release in God. But it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Thing by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Do you do that before you go bombarding God with some stuff that you need? Amen. It says, let your, your request be made known unto God. Now, when you made your request, then verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So, in other words, you don't know how this is done. It's done by, you know, it's a spiritual transaction by the Holy Ghost, you're involved because you allow it to happen, but say it passes all understanding and it will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. So let me read that again, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Amen. Your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Amen. You know who your guardian is? The Holy Spirit is your guardian. Amen. And so you have to seek peace. Don't seek trouble. Continue to seek peace and you'll find it. Amen. Our minds is the only entrance Satan has into your life. In other words, Satan can't get into your life unless he goes through your mind. Amen. He goes through your mind, and he, and, and he can only do that because it's not renewed. A renewed mind, he can't do nothing with a renewed mind. Amen? That's why it's so important that you not allow him to dominate your thoughts. When Satan dominates how you think, he got you. That's how uh, what's Dahmer started, allowing God to the devil instead of God to dominate his thoughts. And you keep feeding on that negativity and feeding on it and feeding on it. And you'll be out there and everybody will know it but you. Amen. Amen. Negative thinking and worry and fear will defeat you every time. It will defeat you. You have to give this stuff over to God. You have to. Amen. We can't, we can't think defeat and expect victory. I'm going to say it again. We cannot think defeat and expect victory. You can't think sickness and expect health. 
nor can you think poverty and expect wealth. Oh, I got to do this. I got to work overtime. I got to do this. I got to have this. I got to have that. And then, you know, you go to the store, spend all your money on stuff that's not of quality. This is just an example of poverty thinking. Amen. And that's going to wear out pretty soon, and you'll go back to that store. Just buy good the first time. If you can't, don't get nothing. Come out of there anyway. You shouldn't be in the store. Amen. But you can't think prosperity when you think in poverty. You just can't. Because, see, you're fighting against your own self. Amen. If you're healed, you are healed. You don't accept anything else other than healing. I am healed in Jesus' name. You know, even if you're feeling, if you're feeling sickness, if you're taking treatment, I am healed in Jesus' name. You know, Jesus bore all of my sorrow. You know, he bore my pain, he bore my sickness, and I am healed. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed, so I am healed already. Just because you're sick, you don't give in to it. Amen. You keep saying, I am healed. If you keep staying in that mind frame, guess what? healing comes. Are y'all here today? Amen. And so Satan's mission is to fill you and keep you filled with negativity and, and fear and so you won't get healed. Amen. But you have to stay confident that God is with you even if you're going through rough times and even if it doesn't feel like God is with you. He's with you. His thoughts towards you are good. All the time. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. Amen. And you will see the finality of his promises, of, of your prayers, of what you want. If you do things God's way. Amen. You have to do things the Bible way. That's what they used to say when I was a girl. Do stuff the Bible way. Amen. But see, now we have so many different ways, new age ways to do stuff. That we get off on a wrong road instead of totally trusting God and committing our lives to him, committing our problems to him. We get off on other things, amen. And sometimes that stuff will hold up your progress. Confusing thoughts. That will steal from you, amen. And so you have to have a sound mind and you get that through renewing it according to um, Romans 12, 2. You, you will receive a renewed mind, not conforming to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, that, and you get your mind. In other words, when you have a renewed mind, you don't think them thoughts that bring open the door for the devil to come in. That it shuts that door. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go to uh, Philippians 4. We're already in Philippians. Let's see. Verse. Oh, you know what? I didn't, I didn't finish it. Verse 8. Go down to 8. And it says, Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. In other words, don't believe the doctor's report. But believe the report of the Lord. God has a good report. You are healed. Amen. The doctor says we see cancer. 
but the but the good report is I am healed in Jesus' name because the blood of Jesus annihilates cancer. Amen. And so you have to be around people that speak right around you. They don't speak right around you. Put the note on the door. Don't let them in. Just because you're fighting for your life, you know. And so you have to do these things and keep that negative stuff. Some people just like that kind of stuff. And you just have to stay away from it. Amen? Amen. But the Bible is telling you now what to think on or, and what to meditate on. And so it says, um, again, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, then meditate on these things. Why? Because these are the things that will stop you from thinking the bad stuff that cause worry, you know, intimidation, depression, you know, all of this stuff. Think on these things. The Bible always gives you step by step what to do. Amen. Amen. Think of the good report. Amen. What's the good report? Things that are well. Things that are fair sounding. Amen. Amen. Pleasant words. The honeycomb sweetness of words to your soul. <laughs> That's what you think of. Think of being healed. Can you see yourself healed? The way to get healed is seeing yourself well. Amen. Amen. You got to see yourself well. You got to see yourself whole. You have to see yourself doing these things before it happens. But if you think on these things, if you do Philippians 4 verse 8 and continue to do it and meditate on the word, read your scripture every day and allow God to change your mind and change your thought process and change your thinking, then you will start to see God's word manifest in your life. Amen. You'll start to see it. Hallelujah. And so God knows what he's talking about. He knows that if you do these things and submit your, your problems, and yeah, God never gets tired of us. You're going to have to go every day, maybe two or three times a day. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's like that. I've been there and done that. God, it's me again. Here I am. You do it until you get free. Amen. But you have to do these things. Let's see. I'm trying to think if I want to go into verse 9. It can't hurt. It says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen. In other words, if... If you submit yourself to God, submit your problems, submit your bad attitude, submit your bad thinking, submit your hurts and wounds, submit your rotten past, submit your mistakes, everything that's not right, if you submit it to God, it says then the peace of God will rest on you. Amen. And when you have peace, 
You're going to think on things that's good, lovely, pure, good report, thankworthy, praiseworthy, things that are noble. You'll think on those things. Thank you. And when you start thinking right, right will start happening in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. See, the reason we don't get a lot of right in our lives is because we're thinking wrong. We don't release it to God. We don't read our word. I mean, you don't have to read the whole Bible. Read a scripture a day instead of the apple. I used to tell, I used to tell my kids, it's not the apple that keeps the, the doctor away. It's, it's the word of God. A scripture a day. Amen. So you got to start where you got to start. Now, we're supposed to be mature Christians. We're supposed to know better, but some of y'all just don't do it. And some people don't know to do it. So now you know. Amen. And so Philippians 4, 8 is something you should write down. You should be doing that every day. Amen. Isaiah 54, real quick. Isaiah 54. Verse 10. And it says, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. You know, you're in a covenant with God to have peace. That's part of your covenant. Amen. If you're born again, then you're part of the, um, Abraham's covenant. And you're entitled to have a, a covenant of peace between you and God. Hallelujah. And that's, that's a, just a free thing, you know. That's free. But my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed. He will never remove that covenant of peace from you. Amen. Even though bad things happen. Amen. It says the Lord who has mercy on you. So peace is a part of God's mercy. Amen. It's a part of his mercy. Verse 11 says, O you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not uh, comforted. Behold, I lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. Amen. And I'll make your pinnacles of rubies. In in other words, it'll, it'll be clear. You'll have clear vision from trusting in him. It says your gates of crystal or clarity and all your walls of precious stones. Amen. In other words, he'll make you to shine. In verse 13, hallelujah. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. And this is the scripture I was looking for. And great shall be their peace. The peace of your children. Amen. In other words, you know what God is saying. If you cast your cares upon me, change how you think, increase your knowledge of me, develop a relationship, he says, then I'll make you shine. And I'll help you through life. And he says, and your children will have a covenant of peace with me also because of what you do. See, life is full of sacrifices. It's full of a lot of other stuff. But you've got to make a sacrifice somewhere. What better sacrifice can you make than for your kids? Amen. Give God a little bit of time. And he develops uh, um, a covenant of peace with your children. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. Praise God. In other words, your children will be marked for victory. Your children will be marked for victory. Amen. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Amen. And you either won't be, it won't 
come come nigh you. You know, you may have to fight sometimes, but, you know, you like a good fight anyway. Amen. But when you're fighting with the right opponent, in other words, you're, you're in a spiritual fight. You don't fight in the natural with people. Your fight is with the devil because you're, the devil comes in and destroys your peace and your calm. <laughs> so learn how to fight him back. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, we need to repent when we need to repent and, and let God do what he's going to do. Invite him in and believe his report. Whose report will you believe? You will believe the report of the Lord. We need to remember that God's thoughts are good toward us all the time. Thoughts of peace. There's your peace. God has peaceful thoughts toward us, not evil thoughts toward us. Even when we mess up, his thoughts towards us are peace and not evil to bring us an expected end. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word and we bless you, Lord. Amen. We lift you up today. And we thank and praise you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what Jesus did on Calvary. He, he went through all of this bad stuff so we can have peace. One of the things is so that we can have peace. Y'all understand peace a little bit more, what it's for? Amen. If there is anybody that needs prayer, you can come up and I'll pray for you before we leave. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your covenant of peace. Hallelujah. Thank you.